0: Welcome to the Get Offset Podcast. My name is
1: Andrew.
2: And I'm Emily. And today we have with us our friend Sean Pierce Johnson.
1: Hey guys. What's up? Oh, not much.
2: Y'all might know Sean from the YouTubes. Sorry to interrupt you, Sean.
1: No, that's okay. Yep, I'm on the YouTubes doing, doing the typical thing that YouTubers do. Demo the gear, talk about the gear, sometimes pretend I know what I'm talking about.
0: Are (laughs) you one of them
1: influencers or? (laughs) I'd prefer not to use the term influencer, but yeah, I'm an influencer, I suppose.
2: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) What do you put on your taxes?
1: What do I put on my taxes? I put musician. Nice. That at the core, that's what I am. Mm -hmm. I have to be honest about that.
2: When musician becomes my primary form of income, I will be very excited to put musician on my taxes. Still working toward it.
1: It's a very exciting thing.
2: It's very lucrative. (laughs) Oh,
1: so lucrative. So lucrative. (laughs) Especially in the state of California, right? Don't even get me started <laughs> well we'll have to get you
0: started at some point in this episode yeah we will
2: it, that it's, it might be a little bit early to get started on that but i mean if you're if you're a person whose job is musician there are worse places to be
0: oh yeah well definitely right well before people we
2: get aren't, people aren't exactly moving to kansas city to make it
0: no <laughs> oh, unless,
2: uh, unless it is barbecue
0: i've so much that i'm internalizing and trying like so so much peanut gallery and trying to save for later uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh emily let's start with you this week what's new with you this week and i'm gonna ask before i forget because i'm usually uh a jackass and forget to ask you
3: yeah
2: it's okay i should just start saying like doing your voice emily what's new with you <laughs> no uh so I this so, uh, is coming uh, what's out new on with you? May twelfth. I had a birthday. <laughs> Yay! Woo! i I'll have a birthday. We're recording this on May eighth, the eighth of May. Um, and I would sing
0: happy birthday for you, but I'm pretty oh, sure that violates funny. some sort of like IP law. Uh,
2: happy birthday is in the public domain.
1: Yeah, is Come it? On, yeah. Bud. Everybody knows that.
2: It's actually pretty recent um yeah news story about it being in the public domain because it had been copyrighted uh for a long time but there was some issue with the copyright so now it's in the public domain and and i don't really know how old the song happy birthday is but um if any if, if something if a piece of art was released before i think this year it's 1924 it's in the public domain and if it was released before 1978 and didn't get properly renewed at a certain point then it's in the public domain. And, And then there's some other cutoff for 1989. Oh, I think that if it was not renewed before – if it was before 1989 not renewed properly, I don't know. I just did an article about it, and I've already forgotten everything. (laughs) But uh, copyright laws are complex. Yes, they are. Happy birthday is in the public domain. So I am having a birthday um, uh, after we record this, and my – if you all listened to the Rat Boys episode with Julia from Rat Boys, um, we talked about Grater's ice cream, and I said that my favorite flavor was the strawberry ice cream with the chocolate chip, and Julia said, oh, that's probably that's probably in season right now, because it's a seasonal flavor. Sure enough, it is. Uh, my husband had a conversation with my parents, apparently, and uh, what showed up on my doorstep today? But six pints of Grater's ice cream,
1: Ooh. including three Ooh. of
2: the strawberry. Yay. And I am. It is the best ice cream I've ever had. It. I think is. I don't. I have never had an ice cream that I thought came close. And I've had a lot of ice creams. Um. There are a lot of ice creams that will satisfy a person, but Graders is just I, the best. The best thing in the world. Very nice. Yeah. Man, look at Rick
0: just setting the bar. I my my wife's birthday is later this month, and I'm starting to hit the. I should. Probably figure out exactly what I'm gonna do. I've got like a couple ideas. I don't know if I'm like have any ideas in the caliber of having ice ice cream shipped across the nation. That's uh, that's yeah. some was, high level it, stuff.
2: I don't. I'm not gonna tell you how much it came to to pint, but it was per pint. But it was stupid. Um, mm. but I also but got, tasty. Oh gosh, so good! <laughs> I've also gotten a couple um uh, new gear things. I have uh, received these new Lawler Jazzmaster Blade pickups. I think they're called the Blade Master.
3: Ooh. And
2: so I have those to demo and I'm very excited about it, but I am a dumber, dummy and I asked for cream covers and I really should have gotten white covers. I'm a dummy. Mm. Oh, well. I'm going to ask them for white covers. Uh, so the Jazzmaster pickups with Blade whole pieces for wider string spacing resulting in a fuller fatter tone so i'm really is it a blade
1: single coil or is it a blade humbucker
2: single coil
0: or is it a blade runner
2: is it a (sighs) unicorn it is a single coil wait was that blade runner am i confusing my harrison ford movies
0: you don't know, you haven't seen and memorized every single Harrison Ford movie ever?
2: The thing is, I've seen Blade Runner. I just, I, honest to God, don't know which of the, like, five cuts of that movie I did see.
3: Mm.
0: That's <laughs> yeah. not entirely unfair. Um you know, I, I'm suddenly reminded, uh, since this is the week of uh, May the Fourth Be With You, that we're recording this in, is... uh is if you guys have Sean have you seen the movie fanboys?
1: I have not. I oh, only one. I have Andrew. not.
2: You're the only one. You're the only one.
1: So I admit I that know I, the movie that you're talking about. I know the movie. I just have not seen it.
0: There's a, there's a scene where they're arguing about uh, Harrison Ford in the back of a van as they're on a road trip. And they're like, Harrison Ford has never done a bad movie in his life. Write it. And then they pan out to show the van passing a billboard for seven days and seven nights. Hmm. Which is arguably one of his worst movies ever. Well,
3: I was guess that it's movie a good where thing was that, a that I've never seen that one.
0: Show. Anyways, go see Fanboys if you have not seen it. It's... Phenomenal, and anyone who has any sort of appreciation for them Star Wars, uh, you'll appreciate the movie.
2: Dimdare, Dimdare Star Wars. Uh,
0: If you like Star Wars, Rush, and um, any form of mind-altering substances, then yeah, you'll you'll dig it.
2: Rush? Did you see, uh, Andrew, we got uh, an email today or yesterday... That was a, a PR email for a podcast called – it's something called like um, Convince Me to Like This Band. I don't remember the exact name, but it was – it pairs a fan of a band with someone who hates a band, and they argue with each other.
0: I did not. And, and, and
2: it was – and the one that we got the email for was Rush. I'm like, is this publicist wow. listening to our podcast and knowing that Andrew loves Rush and I don't? <laughs> <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs>
1: I'd be interested to listen to an episode or two of a podcast like that.
0: Yeah. I feel like that's uh, I feel like that's the equivalent of like professional wrestling in verbal format. It uh, I feel like that's just going to get savage really really quick. Yeah,
1: probably. it could it could get savage real quick. Randy mm-hmm. Savage. Oh, I, yeah.
2: I don't think the drums. Wait, hold on. Hey.
1: <laughs> oh thank you thank you i'll be here for the what? remainder of the podcast
0: and this is the part where i start waving my hand in front of my face and saying you can't see me because we're recording this remotely because we're responsible citizens
2: see my era of wrestling was suck it the de- the, well that uh, was my era too <laughs> yeah no uh, i mean com- andrew's much younger than us
1: oh hey well, now well, I still follow, so I'm I, I'm well aware of the of the you can't see and the uh, and the other things. I'm aware. I'm aware. He, uh,
2: my brother did some, has done some art for WWE. Oh, very uh, cool. And some jackets in their merch store right now. Cool. Um. Yeah. Uh. And also, he did some work for Hulk Hogan, which actually kind of a lot of shirt designs for hulk hogan
1: very nice
0: rad radical radishes
2: neat what's new with you andrew
0: wow oh i was just trying to ask sean i'm trying to be selfless this week oh Oh, that's very nice nice of you
2: sean what's okay andrew you can ask
0: hey sean how you doing what's new with you
1: well, Andrew, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Uh, <laughs> or should I say, well, let me tell you something, brother. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we went there. We went there already. First appearance on this podcast, and I'm already doing Hulk Hogan impressions. What does that tell you about me? Uh, Well, what's new? Well, one thing that's big time new is I just got... Every single speaker impulse response that a company called Lancaster Audio makes.
2: Oh <laughs> damn, dude! Every single
1: one. <laughs> um. Long and short of it is, I, I'm going to be uh, doing a, a collaboration video, and uh, Lancaster is one of the sponsors. And the goal is to basically use a like a freeware amp plugin and some of their. Irs to come up with the best possible tone that you can can come up with. So I've been spending the better part of the last few days. As a matter of fact, I just ran through a ton of them. Uh, Let's see, we're recording this on a Friday, and I do a a live uh, show on my YouTube channel every Thursday night, 5 p.m. Pacific, people. Uh, Please join me for some of that when you uh, get the chance. But I ran through a ton of them last night. Uh, there's like orange cabs, Marshall cabs, tons of Fender and Vox stuff, all the usual suspects. But then there are some that are just like, wow, okay, would not have anticipated seeing uh, a company do an impulse response for that. They actually have – you guys remember that cheap amp brand B-52 that used to be sold at guitar centers years yes, ago? Yes, I do. They have one of those cabs. What? Yeah. Why? There's a there is a B fifty two four twelve impulse response. Like
2: Does it sound like you remember it sounding?
1: I mean, it's been Slightly so many years since I've played a B fifty two, I couldn't tell you.
0: <laughs> Does it sound like you're you've got an amp cranked inside of a love shack?
1: Huh. I wonder a what that would sound like.
3: I wonder if wiggle. it would
1: sound like the B fifty two four twelve speaker impulse response by Lancaster Audio there's only <laughs> hey, one way to find hey, out hey
2: hey, you don't you, those hey them's your sponsors not ours <laughs> <laughs> they're not paying me
1: for anything they're not a sponsor they were just nice okay oh really yeah they well, did I, I,
2: our sponsors are usually just people who send me stuff so
1: oh there you go but there's like a ton there's a ton of other cabs like angle cabs there's a couple uh like the newer 5150 cabs um a laney super group Mesa cabs and of course me and my orange amps, there's a 112, a 212, and a 412. And then there's producer packs with stuff like uh guys like Glenn Fricker from Spectre Sound and Trey Xavier from Gear Gods have uh packs with different cabs. So I've just been going through all of these like crazy, trying to figure out which one of these I like enough to want to use as part of this collaboration. So I've been having a lot of fun getting to know them because up until getting all these, the only real experience I've had with good, high-quality speaker emulation stuff has come from me having the Waza tube amp expander. So now that I have some really high-quality IRs that I can just upload into whatever I want, I'm, uh, I'm pretty excited about it
0: that's awesome oh for sure it's funny you mentioned that That's on my list of things like i need to look into here soon because i've been i've had the strymon iridium for about a month and a half now and i've been Uh really loved yeah Yeah, i've I've really didn't
2: really exist anymore
0: yeah time is but a construct to begin with and then you throw in a pandemic and it's like
2: "Eh."
0: was that yesterday or was that oh
1: shoot yeah, I've started looking at my days now during this as what video did I work on yesterday?
0: <laughs> That's a good way to look at it.
1: That's basically been every day since California shut down. Yeah. I have not stopped.
0: <laughs> See, I thought I was going to do better with this because I, I'm working from home for, um, for my nine to five, mm. which is I'm incredibly fortunate to have that. I, but I really thought I was like holding it together better than I was. And I didn't realize until... Uh, last week I had a moment where I'm looking at the schedule and like, I'm trying to figure out who's doing what for the next day on the team, making sure that everything was aligned. And I'm like, who deleted the schedule for tomorrow guys, who deleted the schedule? This is really bad. We don't have anyone assigned. There's people wondering what's going on tomorrow. Like we need to have answers. And they're like, Hey, uh, that's because there's nothing on the schedule for Friday and tomorrow's Thursday. And I'm just sitting here like 2 p.m. on a Wednesday thinking it's Thursday, trying <laughs> oh to figure God. out how to wrap up my week. I had a solid five minutes like, oh, my God, what's going on? No, this can't be happening.
2: Yikes. See, wow. I always work from home. So this is like the, the main interruption in my life is that now my husband is also home all the time, which I I like. I really like it. Um, And I don't but I don't get to go to my gym. And that's the real big mm. interrupter. I've, like, gained back eight of the ten pounds I lost, like, earlier this year, and I'm trying to... I've, I've started running to kind of counteract that. Oof. Duh. But, yeah. I, I've i also been kind of looking at, like, how many weeks has my husband been working from home? Ugh. So many more dishes to clean. God.
1: I hate dishes. I hate it. Yeah. Dishes I are, I...
2: like, Five times a week is insane. I'm like, how are we going through this many dishes? And I and I know why. It's because I'll get out like one plate, and then I'll be like, I don't want to use this plate anymore. And then I'll push all the food to a different plate. I don't listen. I have my things, <laughs> or I'll like start a drink in one glass. Like I'll make a cocktail and I'll pour into one glass. I'm like, this glass isn't right for this cocktail. I <laughs> will pour it into a different glass, <laughs> and like none of my glasses are right for this cocktail. <laughs> oh god then i'll just shotgun it
0: well and that's there, the reasonable response to to deciding glass isn't right for a cocktail
2: i don't have any of those like nice smart like cocktail glasses with sort of the the rounded bottom like a like a like an actual not the champagne flute but like a real champagne glass mm. so it's like i made a um a vesper last night I ended up pouring it into like a long skinny glass and I'm like, this is wrong. This is not how this drink should be served. <laughs> That's how I feel am like with my fraud. beer.
1: That's why I have oh, yeah. way too many beer glasses.
2: The Pilsner, the Pilsner glasses.
1: Oh, I've got a Pilsner glass. I've got yeah, three. We have
2: some literally <laughs> I needed- have never used it. My dad gave us some Pilsner glasses like at our wedding. I think I'm like, when I don't drink beer and Rick drinks beer, he doesn't drink Pilsners.
0: See what I need to get my hands on at some point or get around to ordering is a uh, snifter glasses. Mm. Oh, uh,
2: yeah! I like partic- brandy, the brandy ones.
0: Kind of yeah. Um,
2: How does the one smell, snifter?
0: I really love uh, like bourbon barrel aged stouts. Um, mm. That and I've got a small stash uh, that I've got kind of cellared away, and I break a uh, bottle out every once in a while and. It's great stuff, but I know that, like, when I go to, when I'm at a brewery and I get handed it in a sniffer glass, it makes a world of difference in how much I enjoy it. Right. And that sounds like such a cork sniffing thing to say, but as we've previously established that, uh, I'm kind of, um, against my will, I'm a snob by nature. So that is what it is. And well, you
1: could just, you could just, on, not to keep the discussion off topic going, but you could just get tulips, you know? I find that the tulip glass for beer is like the most versatile glassware. So that's Google reasonable. That yeah, it it has enough of like the the snifter kind of shape that thing that a snifter glass does. It, decently heavy weight. You know, it's it's not. I've that's like the one thing that glass that always gets used is my my tulips.
2: I Fair forget, my, my friend is starting a brewery, and his, I think his the glasses they're using are like a variation on a tulip glass, but I don't really know. It's going to be called Lawless Brewing. I think it's kind of an oh, Tiku, T-E-K-U glasses, and they're just gorgeous. You know those? No?
1: No? No, no. I don't.
0: I do not well, know what that is, but I'm Googling it now.
2: Yeah, oh, I've seen
0: them. these before. Yeah. They're handsome. They are handsome glasses. Um, in a strange sort of fashion. I feel like if Elon Musk designed a glass, this is what it would look like.
2: Oh god, he just named his kid like unpronounceable symbols. Like
1: uh, Oh my god.
2: Let's, let, like, no, his would be like it would be like that with like a pipe attachment that you suck it through. <laughs> like it'd be weirder still.
0: And when you finish it up, it plays the, uh, plays a sound clip of Joe Rogan saying, have you tried DMT? Oh, my
2: God. Uh, so, Andrew, what's <laughs> new with you?
0: Um, well, not DMT, just to, so we're making that clear.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, um, you know, it's kind of been a more boring-ish week. I mean, last week I talked about putting down uh, grass seed in the yard and being kind of a stereotypical dad. And this week it's going to be pressure. Uh, pressure washing uh, the back porch. But That sounds
2: fun, honestly. I like pressure washing every time I've done it.
1: Pressure washing is one of those videos that you'll just watch on loop. It's
0: so
2: cathartic.
1: Yeah, it's... Yeah.
0: Um, But yeah, no, it's mostly just been kind of home with a family kind of stuff. Kind of settling into I feel like I'm starting to finally settle into this whole quarantine life. And I know I'm going to be at home for a couple, at least a couple months more for the most part, but starting to feel a lot better and coming to better terms with that. So.
3: Hmm. That's yeah. good. Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, that's about all I've got. I'm going to be pretty. Oh, you know what? I take that back.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I mean, weren't I- you going to talk, weren't you on a, a, the, a friend's podcast?
0: I, you know what? You totally got me. I'm super thrown off all of a sudden. Uh, yes, I am. I totally was on the tone jerks. They're doing a, a run of uh, like bonus episodes, and so I got to talk with uh, with Brian. I think we talked for like an hour or so.
2: Yeah, it was a good episode. I listened to it. You said very nice things about me. Thank you.
0: Oh, yeah, I, I did. Uh, no, it was, it was a really – it felt like a really chill, laid-back episode. I kind of just felt like I was like having a fireside chat with a friend, uh, drinking drinking on a beer kind of a deal.
2: Yeah, it was it was a really nice, smooth listen. Like glass – like beer out of a Kitu glass? Tiku glass. I
0: don't know. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't being – I remember when we recorded it, I was definitely drinking Heineken straight from the bottle. <laughs> so trying to, trying to throw the scent of any sort of snobbery from my brain, but yeah. no, it was, it was honestly, I really had a, a really good time. Got to talk about, uh, my dislike for orange amps. I know, I know. I'm ah. sorry, Sean.
2: <laughs> I, I was about to say, um, did anybody see today? Orange posted a picture of like their rig of the week. And it was an orange amp in like, with like red, um, but uh, the amp was red and it was like, I just wanted to put it under things that are not aesthetic. (laughs) It made me so upset.
0: Yeah. No, uh, if you want to hear more of my hot takes on um, what my feelings are in orange, it's nothing personal. It's just a, or rather more specifically, it's just personal taste and the sound I get along with. Uh, But go listen to the episode. If you want to hear more, if you want to hear me say scandalous things about my favorite color,
1: and if you want to hear me rail on Andrew for the next 30 minutes as I proceed to uh, do my my best <laughs> scathing professional wrestling promo on him for hating on my favorite amplifiers of all time, stay tuned.
2: <laughs> my, my, when I, I have a little orange on my and I love that thing.
1: I am staring at the orange terror stamp sitting on my studio desk at the moment. It is a it's a nice little nice little pedalboard amplifier. I
0: wanted to has? like that one so much when I played it at Nam, and it might have just been the headphones I was playing with, but it 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 didn't sound good with the headphones
1: no i will i that's the one thing that I will always say about their their cab sims. They're not great.
0: I didn't Ooh. get a chance to play it through an actual cab, but the headphones is something that, like, is a feature that I really value. Mm-hmm. And I played through the headphones, and I was like, oh, it's just, this could have been so much better. <laughs> but,
2: yeah. I know, yeah. I have the Milkman, the amp, is my pedal board amp, my primary pedal board amp, and I love the cabs and, and that thing, whatever it is. I think it sounds great.
1: I love but- the the amp. That That milk band it sounds a so big, good little baby. Yeah. if yeah. I can
0: pivot away from Sean's anger, I also got to talk about uh my Jennings quite a bit on the episode with the tone jerks
1: mm. um, now that we can agree on
0: that's something we can definitely agree on um uh, anyway, yeah, it was I think it was a super solid episode. I felt super comfortable and kind of at home, and yeah, it was a good
2: time nice, good. cool
0: sponsors.
2: Well, first, let's let let's talk about um, if you want to support the show, uh, we have a few ways that you can do that. Uh, normally, we talk about this at the end of the show, and I think people don't listen. So we would love for you to review our podcast. If you could leave a nice review and rating, that really helps us out uh, in the the iTunes or Spotify or whatever search um, uh, when, it, when people are looking for guitar podcasts. So we'd really appreciate it. If you would love to support us uh, on YouTube, we have a YouTube channel. I'm getting so close to a thousand subscribers on the demo channel, and I really want to get to get there. I don't think it'll happen by the end of the month, but I really want it to. Um, and if you have some money and you want to throw that our a little bit of that our way uh, as a show of support, uh, it really really helps. We have a Patreon, Patreon.com/getoffset. We also have merch at getoffset.com/shop. But keep in mind, all of our merch is drop-shipped uh, by a company called Printful. So they're having some shipping delays because they've, they're they seeing as many orders as they get like on Black Friday. And at the same time, uh, their production is a little bit lower. So they're trying to fill that gap. They're working as fast as they can. So if you do order a shirt, a hat, or whatever... Please, please, please understand that it's not going to come in two to three days. And we love you. Thank you.
0: But it's also worth it. And don't let anything that just got said deter you from doing anything that you want to do in terms of, you know, living your best life now.
3: Yes. Which definitely involves
0: repping some merch from your favorite podcast.
2: I highly recommend the Get Offset Tank. I am not wearing mine right now, but I wear it a lot. And it's a, uh, it's almost it's basically summer in some places, so it's warm. Oh, uh, it's summer out, here in out. SoCal,
1: that's for sure.
2: Yeah, it was sixty-one degrees here yesterday. I love it. I love sixty-one degrees. Sixties <laughs> and early
0: seventies is great. It's once it hit crosses that eighties barrier that like really throws me.
2: It's and bad in Seattle because also because it doesn't get dark dark until really late. So then you have the sun beating on you for a very long time.
0: I've got really big windows in my house, and so my house doesn't have AC. So oh, it's it does in Seattle. 82 degrees in my room right now. It's killing me.
1: Oh,
2: Ugh. Ugh, I'm sorry. Ew. Um, yeah. So we also have sponsors. I want to uh, talk about, I've already mentioned Lawler pickups. Uh, one of the things I love about living in the Pacific Northwest is that there is really no shortage of excellent, uh, companies to support and Lawler based out of Tacoma, Washington is one of those. I have, uh, I've had Lawler pickups put in Jazz Masters, their P90 conversions, uh, and I loved those pickups in that guitar. What I've just gotten though is I just got their new Blade Master pickups that I'm really excited to put in my other Jazz Master. So stay tuned. I'll be doing a video comparing uh the stock pickups for my Jazz matcher- Master, which are based on a 65 uh, era pickups, uh, with these new Blade Masters. And I'll do that video as soon as I get the right covers, because I think with my white guitar, it'll look kind of weird with the cream covers. I don't know what I was thinking. I always think that cream is whiter than it is because that's <laughs> why because in wedding dresses it is a different color. <laughs> um, and also old blood noise endeavors. they have their fault v two coming out this week, and I am stoked for it. It's a killer distortion pedal and it has sliders, Andrew.
0: Oh, year of the fader! I went to Nam year saying it's fader. going to be year of the color orange, um, wanting to believe that that was going to be true, and walked out realizing it's year of the fader. There's just no doubt about that.
2: Year of the fader.
0: So, uh, it, f- for fader. 2020, um, uh, this was so much. This felt so much more appropriate at Nam, but I was kind of joking. It's the year to get faded, and now I feel like that's just not aged well at all.
2: I feel like getting faded all the time. Just kidding. Just kidding, Mom.
1: <laughs> JK. Well.
2: I don't drink until after five, usually. Usually.
3: <laughs> it's, I, took
2: a, I took a half day today. It's my birthday weekend. I yeah. made a margarita.
0: And this is yeah. the part where I remind everyone that I am not a licensed therapist and you should not listen to anything I have to say on this topic.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. This is true. Okay. I'm also not a licensed therapist, but I've been to one. <laughs> I just found out that my singer is dedicating our entire album to her therapist, and I think that's the best thing ever. <laughs>
1: mm. That's solid. I can, I mm-hmm. approve. I
0: mm-hmm. approve of any sort of uh, positivity in terms of uh, m- making mental health m- uh, issues more visible, aware, less stigmatized, and uh, uh, normal. Normalizing uh, the term I'm so blanking on right now is um uh neuro neuro atypical.
2: Neuro, oh oh, and that's not just what. That's not just what you. That I I feel like neuro atypical is different than what I would see a therapist for. But I'm yeah, just gonna throw a very
0: know. broad blanket over anything under what I just said and just say. No stigma, more positivity. Always going to be a fan of that.
2: Yes, truly, Indeed. truly. Um, on that note, um, I I don't really know how to transition to the topic from there. Um, <laughs> but recently, California passed a series of laws, um, about that 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 really to to freelance workers slash the gig economy as we often call it. Um, you know, more and more people have jobs that aren't nine to five jobs. They don't, they don't get, you know, that, that steady paycheck every week. It's just based on the work that they do. And, you know, I'm one of those workers. Um, and Sean, I know you're one of those workers and you're actually in California. Yes, I am. We want to talk about those laws. Um, we know that no one's really playing live gigs right now. Mm -hmm. Um, but I still would like your take on, uh, if you could just take a minute to explain what these laws are and why, why you care about them so much.
1: Absolutely. I'll, I'll try to go as quickly as I can, because this is, I've been on a couple other podcasts talking about it and it ends up turning into this whole can of worms. So the law that we're talking about right now is assembly bill five, AB five, and essentially, what it is it is touted as doing is it is seeking to end worker misclassification within the gig economy. And by extension, the independent contractor worker status. Um, I, can, I can speak for myself. I work mainly as an independent contractor doing one-off gigs and jobs with companies all over the world. Doing YouTube, that's basically how you do it. The problem with this is that in the fallout of the signing of the bill, it was signed in September, went into effect the 1st of 2020, January 1st, 2020. In that short amount of time that people had, businesses had to learn about what the law is and how to comply with it. There was just not enough time and not enough information in order to adequately prepare. And then, after it goes into effect, we start seeing the unintended consequences of it. It's pretty clear when you look at the writing of it and when you see the different rallies that have been held supporting it. It's mainly going after a lot of the gig economy companies like Uber, Lyft, DoorDash, Things like that, where, you know, nobody's an employee of those companies. They drive on their own time. They choose when they want to work, how long they want to work, how many rides they can accept, etc. cetera. Um, but they don't get anything like medical coverage. They don't get anything like paid time off uh, and I don't know if there's anything like an established minimum rate. I can't speak to that, but.
2: My husband those... did Uber and I don't recall there being one now.
1: Okay. Well, I've never driven Uber. So if anybody wants to, you know, inform me of how things work, you know, I'm, I'm open. I'm just speaking from the perspective as a musician because it essentially kind of killed this ability to be an independent contractor within the state of California if you didn't meet the criteria of what they call the ABC test. And the ABC test is essentially what the California government is using right now to determine whether or not a worker should be classified as an employee and be entitled to all the benefits of employment or if they're truly an independent contractor. Man, so, honestly,
2: whenever I hear a cutesy name like that, I'm like, this cannot be an actual good policy. There's no way.
1: I'm, I totally agree with you, and I actually have the ABC test pulled up in front of me, so I'll kind of give you a little overview of the points. Point A, the person is free from the control and direction of the hiring entity. Basically, you have the freedom to perform the work how you see fit. Point B, person performs the work that is outside the usual course of the hiring entity's business. Point C, the person is customarily engaged in an independently established trade, occupation, or business of the same nature that is involved in the work performed. So basically, I'm a, I'm a YouTuber or a guitar player and that I am independently established as a musician, a guitarist within the music industry but it's that point B like performs work that is outside the usual course of the hiring entities business that creates a lot of gray area. And point C does this as well.
3: It well, creates like, with,
2: with, 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 I'm sorry, just uh, really quickly with, with point B, like it's not uncommon for I'm in marketing. It's not uncommon for a marketing agency to hire another marketing agency to fill in sort of gaps in, uh, their their what they can do or their their bandwidth like our right. agency might hire another agency that does uh, outreach yeah even though we have the capacity and we do outreach as part of what we do we will hire another agency that can maybe do it for for cheaper or can take mm-hmm. on a large a large project with a lot without a lot of runway otherwise we would have to you know hire five people for one client
1: Right. So and that's that's, kind
2: of, that's a gray area.
1: Yeah, then that's the problem is like the language of it has created this really confusing working environment and this confusing negotiation platform because there's wording in there that almost makes it seem like you you cannot be in the same business as the company that hires you. But why let's use the YouTube example for you and me, Emily. We do guitar gear demos. We're guitar players. But one could argue, and you have to assume, I've, I've always felt, you almost have to always assume the worst with the government and that they're oh, not totally. the smartest people in the world. Yeah, don't,
2: don't, don't be a surely because a Shirley is someone who says, surely there will be a- exceptions.
1: E- exactly. So the greater umbrella for what we do And what the pedal companies and the amp companies, the pickup companies and the guitar companies do is music. We all are involved in music. Yep. That's not outside the usual course of business for our, the companies that hire us to do a job. Nope. And so maybe that would be different for say a restaurant that might hire a band to play a couple times a week, once a week, you know, during the month. Yeah, you know,
0: right. Right. But it, it creates this. I,
1: this I really there's almost weird. enough
0: gray room in that for a restaurant having someone like every Thursday night. of right that being include the ambiance they provide being part of the regular run of business, and it just it's incredibly gray, and that's frustrating.
1: And that really is the frustrating thing for me, and that's been part of my big push and why I've gotten involved in. I hate using the term raising awareness because it's so overused, but in this aspect, weeks before it was going into effect, I was still telling people about it that had never heard of it. I went to a meeting uh for you know creatives within about it you know, creative industries like film, television, writing, etc., with the the California lawyers for the arts. Uh, and I think that was in October or November. And of all the people that were there, there was one guy from a film company. And afterward, we're all kind of congregating. And he says to my wife, who is also a musician and came along to the meeting as well, and she's also very involved in this this fight as it is. Um, he says to her, you know what the worst part is? This affects so many of my colleagues in film, but none of them are here and none of them know about it. And why is that? Because we're all still working right now. Like we don't we don't have this common way of performing a day's work.
2: Right. It's no not a nine to five.
1: Exactly. And so that has been a really big thing for me. The lack of information of it being out there the confusion created by it all. And then the third thing that really sticks in my craw is the fact that when you read through the language of the California bill, there's a laundry list of industries that were given exemptions to the law.
2: musicians weren't one of them.
1: And musicians were not one of them.
2: Nope. And I
1: was told that the, the reason, we have been told that the reason that musicians were not given an exemption when the bill first went into law, when the law first went into effect, was because independent organizations and the musicians' union couldn't agree on terms. Which to me is, like, really confusing because if this is... There's already a union that represents musicians and has established these... Union gigs, union rates, union yeah, relationships. The AFM, yeah. What, what's the point of them negotiating terms with independent organizations or organizations that represent the more independent music world? The non-union music world? It, it, they already have their terms. They can't they don't they don't have a say in how we choose to do our business. I'm not a member of the Union. That's by choice. Um, so it just didn't I, make much sense. I can't
2: afford sen- those union dues.
1: Yeah. It, it just didn't make much sense to me. Like, why would we need to negotiate with the union in order and have them approve something that they've already fought for and they've won that battle? You don't need to get your your feet wet in in our pool. Right. We're, we just want to continue doing things the way that we've always done. Well, the it worst.
0: sounds like it's they're trying to fix something that's not broken, at least in terms of this particular industry. Well, yeah, now... the music
2: industry is not where this is broken. This is broken, in with Uber and Postmates and Grubhub, and frankly, there are a lot of um, employers out there who have just resorted to hiring contract workers when it should be a full time job because it's yeah. cheaper. Well, so, the but... worst
1: part the worst part about all of this for me is. You know, I could go in on ad nauseum about how everything played out because I've done the research of like how did it get started, why did it, what the courts decided, and all that stuff. But the worst part for me is for the better part of like nine months, my wife and I have just been like, we have no idea what we're going to do. Are we going to have to leave California in order to be able to continue working the way that we've already established with our? business relationships, healthy, working business relationships. We get paid well for the work that we do and services that we provide. We're okay. We have great health coverage through the Affordable Care Act. Like, we don't really need any more benefits. We're, we get paid well. We're doing okay. But somehow, this very same ABC test got copy pasted into what is called the pro act which was put forth by the house of representatives and i forget what exactly the pro stands for it doesn't stand for performance rights organization right but it basically is another labor law that uses the same exact abc test for the same exact purposes of whether or not a worker should be considered an employee or an independent contractor. And that's for a national scale. Huh. But nobody Emily, can I ask you something? When Please. you just said, huh, was that the first time you'd heard about it?
2: Yes. And I've read it. And therein lies my
1: problem. Yes. And therein lies my problem. I I I don't know how I will come across to people as they're listening to this and what they will assume about my personal politics. But to me, this is the worst part of the modern political landscape. Here is something that directly has affected my ability to continue to work as I've always worked and had to modify and not going to lie, find loopholes to continue working the way that I know. Already works for me, and here it is already. Like, oh, it's being put on a national scale. Amazing, and we're not like six months into 2020 where you know the California law is in effect, and they already want to take it national.
2: Jeez, this is bad.
1: Yeah, it it just look whether you whether you're a Republican or Democrat, I could care less. All I am concerned about is right now, especially where I'm in California and I have the luxury of, I work from home. I have my own studio. I do my thing and I get paid. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: But right now there are people who have straight up been laid off from their jobs and will not get that job back. This kind of thing Uber and Lyft or DoorDash, whatever, might be the only way that they can keep getting some money during this time if they haven't gotten their, you know, Mm -hmm. stimulus check.
2: Well, $1,200, whatever.
1: Yeah, it's only
2: $1,200. That
0: doesn't go very far in California. No, no, it doesn't. And
2: unemployment doesn't last forever. Exactly. like that. But uh, the one thing we haven't talked about, Sean, is why musicians should care. So what mm-hmm. is the impact? The, what are the implications of this on musicians like you and me? Because on the outside, it it's not immediately clear mm-hmm. why, like how this will affect us.
1: Right. So one of the big things that I've seen when talking with other musicians about this is their big concern is within the live sector because of the way that the law has been rolled out, essentially, it almost makes it so that if you have like, say you do a residency at a venue, Let, let's just say venue X is hiring, is booking you for a month long residency, you're going to be playing Monday nights at from, you know, nine to 10, that that's your set. Mm hmm. Normally what they'd probably do is they'd negotiate you to get either get paid off the ticket sales from the door. Uh, they might give you a guarantee and they'll just, they'll pay you. Right. The problem with how we're understanding it right now is that essentially because you are technically within the same realm of business as the music venue, you might the venue would have, have to essentially employ you, or Which
0: employ any doing, other payroll,
2: band.
1: Right, fill out
2: paid payroll fees on top of that.
1: Exactly,
0: W two, so,
1: like the whole exactly, whole exactly. Yes.
0: What so the the, the
2: worry
1: for a lot of the musicians that make their living off of live performances for. Venues or weddings or restaurants or anything like that has been, wait a second, we're not the only game in town. There's other people out there that do the same thing that we do. All the venues aren't going to hire every single band that comes through their venue, whether it's for one show, whether it's for four shows, whether it's for two hours or 10 hours. They're not going to hire us as employees of their venue. It just within the context of how live performance works, it just doesn't make sense.
3: You do one,
1: you do one performance, you get paid for that one performance. But if you put, but if you take a band of say, let's say it's a wedding band of like six people, the venue hires one band of six people. That's six more people on their companies on their, payroll
0: and that affects how companies get taxed in
2: people yeah
1: yeah
0: and so so the
2: worry is are they going to stop hiring musicians
1: the worry i wouldn't say is necessarily will they stop hiring musicians it's how many musicians will have the same opportunities uh with this law in effect
0: right i mean it raises the barrier of entry uh a considerable amount which i think is uh Really unfortunate. I, something I want to circle back to real quick is um, I have heard of this, uh, but I, honestly, the only reason why I heard about this is because I lived in California for a decent chunk of my life, and I'm connected with a lot of folks down in uh, down in Southern California who are in this industry. And I s- started seeing the outcry before um, at the end of last year, but I didn't even see it until after it been officially passed, All right? Which uh, is kind of frustrating and i'm, I'm having a hard time remember. i've kind of brain dumped california politics since i've moved um but with like an assembly bill that's something that gets voted on by the general public right or is that nope, or, nope all right nope. that's
1: right we did not get to vote on it and that's another big problem for me this if this directly affects my ability to earn a living and that, how come i didn't get to how come my voice didn't get to be heard
0: Oh that's right yeah it's the 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 propositions the ones that that show up on the local ballots yeah uh, and, and the then, assembly bills are not
1: and then to make matters worse this affects republican and democrat but the person the assemblywoman who wrote this assembly member however, whatever term you want to use Lorena? Or, her, yes she just chooses to classify her opponents as anti-worker and trump supporters
0: right that's you know, that's that. just
1: not that's just not true
2: musicians as a by and large not not as conservative generally yeah, they, speaking
1: musicians and artists and creative types tend to skew towards the left but not to say that there aren't right-leaning artists there are
2: i mean but, clearly there are trapped exists
1: well, Sorry, I can com- a joke. I can't comment on that.
2: <laughs> the oh, point I being, mean, though, singer, is this— The singer from trap will continuously comment on that on Twitter, so don't worry about it.
0: Okay. The, I, the point, though, being is that this is—it's being turned into a partisan issue unnecessarily so. Yes. And it, I think some of the misconceptions I've seen thrown around are um, kind of like this idea of like, well, musicians are kind of just this—in California, kind of this like old man yelling at Cloud, I don't like change. And I don't think that's the case at all here. And I think that's a a misnomer at best to try and just throw out the, Oh, well, they just don't want to change. And to an extent, I see the argument for uh, a bill like this in application to like rideshare companies who have by uh, arguably have taken predatory advantage of uh, folks who are just in need of a little bit of extra income.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, Yeah, I I mean, if you do the, if you go back into the history of how this whole, this whole assembly bill came into being and you look at the court case and the Supreme court decision in California that established the, the precedent for it. Mm -hmm. It's really shitty what the company did to the workers. They basically hired them as employees and then quote unquote demoted them to independent contractors and they had the benefits and then the benefits just got taken away. Right? Like that that is, that is crappy. That is crappy, but that's, a different situation than music that's a different situation than being a journalist that's a different situation than being a videographer a photographer a painter an actor whatever that is a different world and when you try to the I've been seeing a lot of discussion within politics and outside of politics about what the future of work is going to look like and in my opinion in the 21st century you cannot apply the old school 1950s view of the guy or girl who goes into the office nine to five every day, and that's that's worker hiring entity relationship. It's not that anymore. No.
3: And it hasn't
1: been pretty much since the internet really got going. People have been able to earn livings From the comfort of their own home, people have been able to establish multi-million dollar companies in their garages. I mean, hell, like all the pedal companies that we know and love today, it all started out as a hobby and they built it into something. Right. No, absolutely. You just can't, you can't apply a black and white uh, way of looking to a technicolor presentation of the world.
0: Oh, for sure. And, and you know, the thing that kills me, uh, I'm like, okay, great. Like, depending on how you look at it and how it's presented, there's to a degree inter- for the intended effect. I see that you could believe that this is a a, a very positive thing. And uh, for people who work in the rideshare industry and, uh, and this being some sort of like a, we're trying to balance the the economical disparities in our state. That's great. In theory, and I'm just going to leave the theory part hanging there. But yeah, the the companies that this are this is being addressed at, like Uber and Postmates and Lyft, like they've as I was doing a little bit of research for this episode, they're like, we're just not going to do it. Yeah, they're so they're they're straight up in defiance of it, and they're also pouring tens of millions of dollars, according to publicly released um, shareholder records, into mm-hmm. trying to fight this. And I'm just sitting here like they'd rather spend tens of millions of dollars on trying to fight this than just it, comply and start paying their people fairly reasonably. And in that industry, that makes a little bit more sense. It just it, – the broad strokes of it and the unintended collateral and then the follow-through, just absolute unwillingness of um of the assembly uh, men and women to, to do anything about this, it, the vote to put – to make this – uh, thing ended up being perfectly split down party lines, yep, and how partisan it's suddenly become is a we're we're gonna make this partisan so the, therefore you have to pick a side there's no nuance allowed and if you're not with this you're against this kind of just very black and white terms across the whole spectrum and that's so problematic from a philosophical standpoint in so many ways, but I think more importantly the way that the the unintended collateral is just Left in the dust, going
1: really, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, at the end of the day, I I recently started doing some some writing again uh, after a little bit of a break, and I, in order to comply with the law, I can't make more than I think it was thirty five submissions within a year. What
2: writing submissions, like freelance yeah, writing? What,
1: yeah, like freelance writing, I can't make more than thirty-five submissions per publication for
0: the well, that's year.
2: That's a bummer because I would have to submit to to a single publication.
1: Is it yeah. to a single publication or per single? Yeah, writer? To, a sing, to a single publication.
2: That's. Uh, I mean, if you're writing one article for somebody a week, that's,
1: that's two hundred fifty bucks an
2: article. That's 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 that's. that's $12,000-ish. That's stupid. And
1: again, here is the big problem that I have. The the partisanship of it is one thing, and the lack of foresight and due diligence in really, truly understanding the impact of how vague the language is and the things that you've chosen to put into the language of the bill. Now, to just kind of start to skew us towards the end of this conversation, because I, I could sit here for hours and talk about this. There has been an exemption language written for musicians and music business professionals. Uh, the author put it up on her Twitter. She loves to use Twitter. She's a terror on Twitter as well. Um, She... uh basically outlined everything that was going to be in this language. However, one big thing that I did not enjoy was like, it still doesn't seem like you really did the work to understand the different working situations in the music business. For example, according to her, one of the things that is part of this new exemption is that in terms of a band of multi, like, I think it was three or more people. No band member can make more than one and a half times each other. So
2: <laughs> I'm basically
1: sorry, now for my band, I just want to put this out there for my band and the way that we do business, we've always done equal splits. That's just how we felt that we should keep our, our bandmates happy and that's what we do for our bandmates. We listen, do I e- love
2: I love equal splits, but yeah. that's not what's right for everybody.
1: Exactly. We do equal splits, but sometimes in the past, when I've had to do those equal splits, I think to myself, Who booked this gig? Who sent fifteen emails to try to get this forty minute set? Who made those posters? Who sent the posters with the postage that he bought at the post office? Who tried to contact the bands that he was playing with on the bill to see if we could get, you know, some more local support? How much time did that take me?
2: I mean, I- even outside of like that kind of band scenario, if you're hiring musicians for a one-off gig to like exactly. be a supporting band, everyone has different rates. Yeah. And like, it, it
1: just it's this sort of boxing in of everybody's kind of independence and like everybody's worth because it's like i'm not going to be able to make for a thousand dollars for a youtube demo but i know there are guys out there that charge that much
3: mm-hmm.
1: and it's all just based on the work that you've done previously, the relationships you've established, the reach that you have, and sometimes your ability. Yeah. But we're all worth different amounts, and we just have to kind of be okay with that. I don't know if that's necessarily a popular thing to think these days, but hey, I know well, I know what I'm worth, and, and I know yeah. what I'm willing to negotiate up and down. In order to make sure that I, me, and my family, and our business is taken care of.
2: Yeah, I mean, at at the same time, like the the, you you no one can make one and a half times more than someone else. If say you're a singer, you of a band of hired people, like you pay yourself last, and if there's nothing left over, then you don't pay yourself. I mean, it could work either way. From Mm -hmm. like, oh, I did the work, so maybe I should take a little bit. Maybe I deserve a little bit more money and if mm-hmm. that's like the rest of your band is okay with and there's no reason you shouldn't be able to do that and if your right. idea is i don't i want to make sure the band is happy because i know that i have like if you're the songwriter i know i have other revenue streams i do a lot of solo gigs i have other ways to make money that my band doesn't necessarily so when you do band gigs maybe you pay yourself less so that your band is happy I mean, it's just taking it's taking away your own ability to do what's best for you and the people with whom you play.
1: Yeah, and I think the thing that I have always liked about being independent and having as much control over how the course of my business goes is the flexibility of it. I have no problem negotiating with people. I like that because it encourages conversation and we can kind of get to know each other in the process of coming to terms. But this just doesn't feel like that is going to be possible with some of this new information and these new laws that are coming out. My my stress level is lessened a little bit because of the exemption, but then of course as soon as the exemption language came out it was oh hey guess what's guess what's here in the United States people covid-19 fantastic yep, right
2: guess what's not coming back until there's a vaccine live music was singing yep which is just it's the likely sad truth so my band just got like asked to play a show in July and we're like no one we don't <laughs> think that this show is going to happen and two There's not going to be safe singing until there's a vaccine, because when you sing, the particles travel 16 feet. Mm -hmm. Gosh, the first super spreader event in Washington state was a choir practice. It's it's not safe.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely definitely a level of uh, judgment to be exercised that I don't necessarily trust the general public to judge. Uh, To utilize well, but.
2: I've seen pictures, pictures of those beaches.
0: Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Huntington Beach, a lot of fun. But. Yeah. um, So, Sean, what, what's the, what are we looking at in terms of a path? Is there even a path ahead in terms, because uh, th- this whole thing has been riffed with a general lack of proper representation. Um, right. Which is. One of the whole values that the Democratic Party likes to champion really hard uh, in in politics, especially on uh, local levels. And it's really frustrating to see them not live up to that. Uh, What is the road ahead? Is there any action to be taken other than just call your senator, your representative or
1: whatever? Well, honestly, what the road ahead is, it's especially now with the fallout of COVID-19, it's – Everything, the way forward is is foggy. You, no one really knows what tomorrow is going to bring, and we can't really say with certainty. But what I'm going to encourage anybody listening to this episode right now and anybody that you talk to about it after listening to some of this, if you get curious, honest to God, do the friggin' research. Look into, look into this, find out the information, read it for yourself, log off of Twitter, Lock off of Facebook, and find sources on both sides of it. Try to gain a big picture understanding of what the fallout of it is going to be. Because I have done that. And I will say, there are instances where AB5 is a good thing. I am not doubting the intent of it. What I'm doubting is the fact that nobody thought to really think, well, how many industries is this going to affect? How many people are going to be put out by this? Mm -hmm. Nobody bothered to do due diligence. And so now we, as the people affected by it, are having to pick up the pieces. right. Do the research. Find multiple sources. Find sources going as far back as you possibly can. Read all the fluff pieces for it. Read all the (laughs) anti-fluff pieces
0: for Mm -hmm. it. Because about the
2: conspiracy theories? Should we kind of maybe stay away from those?
1: I mean...
0: And does a 30-minute YouTube video count as research?
1: Does it learning... Hey, some... Some videos out there might actually be from like a, a meeting or a conference about it that was hosted by an organization that puts it out there as information. So I can't discourage people from doing that. I know we like to do funny ha with everything going on right now and people's penchant for watching a YouTube video and thinking all of a sudden they have a college education. But right. sometimes those videos can be a good resource. But I'll say this much from looking at every angle of it and even having gotten a copy of the legislation and read it myself, I get it. It makes sense. But this is the worst possible way to get this particular job done because you've ruined other jobs. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: So when it comes to this, don't follow the party lines. Follow your path on it. Use your morals. Use your brain power. Use your heart to tell you what's right in this. What my heart tells me is right in this situation is there's a need for something like this with certain working situations. But my industry is not one of them.
2: Yeah, well put. Well, um, on that note, that's probably a good place to stop. Uh, Sean, thanks so much For all those out there uh, listening, where can people find more of you, Sean?
1: Oh, well, thanks for having me, guys. This was – usually when I talk politics, I don't say it's a lot of fun, but it's nice to at least talk about it in good company. Um, You can find (laughs) me, just like Emily, on the YouTubes. Uh, You can find me at YouTube.com slash Sean Pierce Johnson. That's Sean as in Connery, Pierce as in Brosnan Johnson. Uh, I'm do YouTube demos that I typically put up at least once a week. Uh, Stompbox Saturday is my show. You can also find me on Instagram at Stompbox Saturday for all sorts of pedal nerdery and other fun things as well. Um, but what I'd really love to have you all do is check out my band, uh, which is cockeyed optimist. You can find us at cockeyedoptimist.net. Uh, I believe we're, uh giving away some free downloads right now if you sign up for Ooh. our email list so if you want to get some free tunes check us out you know sign up for the email list but we're also on itunes and spotify
2: buy music
1: yeah and That's merch we've much. got merch. Buy merch merch
2: merch maybe and Camp will do another one of
3: those we're doing days. a. I know we're
1: doing a special merch bundle right now um Ooh. We're working on that website right now. Um, I'm not 100% certain if that page has gone live yet. Hopefully, it will have. If you do not find it, uh, we are on Instagram at Cockeyed Optimist. Send me a DM and uh, we'll figure out a way to get you some merch and some music.
2: Nice.
0: Slide into those DMs. Sure.
1: Why not? <laughs> Mm,
2: nice. Well, again, thanks so much uh, to everyone out there listening. I'm Emily.
1: I'm Andrew. And I guess I've been Sean.
2: Ah, ha, ha. very nice. Uh, okay. goodbye. One, Bye. Two, three.